This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 6, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Businesses considered too big to fail are a troubling prospect for policymakers, in part because their existence is typically only contemplated after they exist. There's not much that can keep Congress from panicking in the form of bailouts. Michael Munger is a professor of economics and political science at Duke University. We discussed the trouble with Too Big to Fail last week. I read in the newspaper a couple of days ago that customers of Hostess were having to buy buns from elsewhere. And I thought, well, that sort of makes perfect sense. You provider is no longer able to provide the product you need. You go buy that product somewhere else. In high finance, the argument is that it doesn't work like that, that these are companies that are quote-unquote, systemically important to the economy, and they go out of business, the ripple effects are so large that uh, it's not worth allowing that to occur. What is your assessment of, of that, that idea, and uh, you know, how credible is that claim? Well, the, the problem that we're talking about has come popularly to be known as being too big to fail. And the problem that we have is there's two ways of thinking about too big to fail. One is the size of the externality of the effect that will be imposed on the rest of the economy by the failure of this enterprise. And so actually the too big to fail argument was made for General Motors. The reason we bailed out General Motors, which is not primarily a financial institution, and in fact the General Motors Acceptance Corporation, the part that was the financial arm, was doing fine. They were making money. It was the car part that was going under. So it is possible to bail out companies that are that are not financial institutions. The, the old argument um, by the the British finance minister Badgett in a book in 1897 called Lombard Street was that you might need the government or a central bank to perform the function of a lender of last resort, and the lender of last resort comes in in the case of a liquidity crisis. And a liquidity crisis is one where the bank just doesn't have enough currency to make good on its short-term obligations. And so in in the the movie, It's a Wonderful Life, they they have a problem at the the Bailey Savings and Loan. They don't have enough money. So the the new wife comes in and gives up her money. She's the lender of last resort. But the bank was fundamentally sound in the sense that they had these mortgages. Those mortgages were paying. That was a solvent bank, but it was illiquid. So that distinction between liquidity and solvency is what we've lost sight of. All we care about now is, is would the failure of this financial institution be of sufficient impact on the rest of the economy, like dominoes? So I don't make good on on the the things that I owe you. That means that you now become insolvent and the, the banks fall one by one. So it's different from Hostess. I can go buy bread somewhere else. But if you owe me money and you can't pay, now I can't pay the people that are supposed to pay me. The problem is that financial institutions recognize that. And if you look at the Dodd-Frank legislation, they have, I'm I'm going to paraphrase, no, we mean it, really, we double-dog dare us not ever to do this. Our fingers aren't crossed. We're not going to bail anybody out again. This won't cost taxpayers any money. And they invent a new category. Um, a systemically important financial institution, or CFI. And they designate certain companies, in effect, they, the, they, they come up with a category of SIFI, CFI. If you're a CFI, we will make sure that you won't fail, but we promise not to bail you out. It's a lie. It's a lie. There's no question but that they're going to bail them out. 
that means that these companies operate at a very distinct competitive advantage. I can offer products that are higher risk. Now, maybe if we go out of business, I'll lose my job, but I can provide you credit default swaps, commoditized debt, debt obligations, these complicated derivatives at a much lower price. So the result is we're going to load up again. It's going to happen again. It's, it's like watching the Titanic. We're speeding along. It's unsinkable. We can go as fast as we want. But then when we hit an iceberg, it's going to be a problem because we're going too fast and we're not watching. So I, I think that Dodd-Frank is a disaster. And the, the, this, this CFI designation, as Mitt Romney said in the third debate, is going to make us hit even harder. It's going to happen again. It's a predictable consequence of bad legislation. The designation of a company as systemically important, if, if it's done categorically or it's done by you – city, you're, you're systemically important, uh, seems to be a little like how the United States treats nuclear-armed nations. You know, the, we treat nuclear-armed nations very differently than we treat nations that do not have nuclear weapons. So it seems like the incentive here then is, well, I better get some of those nuclear weapons or I need to become systemically important so that I qualify for these kinds of bailouts. That is an appalling but excellent analogy. What we're doing is giving incentives for proliferation. So our, our, our nuclear policies have been, you know, we're going to treat nuclear armed nations differently. Maybe you can understand that because after all, they have nuclear arms. The, the problem with this is if I'm a company at the borderline and I have an opportunity to become much larger by selling products that are highly leveraged or by creating new derivatives that, will, that, will, that I can sell and become a CFI, I should do it. It'll give me an enormous advantage. And the problem is, suppose I'm, I'm responsible, I decide not to do that. There's three ways that we discipline business enterprises. One is bankruptcy. One is the market for managers. And the other is mergers and acquisitions. So if I decide not to do this and someone recognizes, look, we can buy them and become a CFI, I'm going to get bought. So it's unsustainable. Sensible financial policy is actually unsustainable under Dodd-Frank. Let's grant the idea that some institutions will have serious uh, rippling effects that will you know, freeze up large portions of the economy. It seems like that argument is less relevant than whether or not there's the political will to actually go through with that kind of bailout. There's no way not to have the political will. I actually was at a conference at Georgetown yesterday. One of the questions I got was, in 2008, what would you have done? Well, in 2008, I'd have bailed them out too. The problem is not the bust. The problem's the boom. How do you prevent these inflated bubbles? And the way to do that is to commit not to bail out during the bust. The problem is I actually think it's impossible. It's literally impossible. It's not difficult. Congress cannot bind itself not to panic. Michael Munger is a professor of economics and political science at Duke University. You can read more about big institutions and their inherent problems at Cato.org.